You are listening to Seeking the Hidden Thing with Kryptos. Today's episode is a deep dive into Jacques Ellul's Autopsy of Revolution, Part 2, The Rational Bourgeoisie State. Written versions are available at the main site, seekingthehiddenthing.com. The rise of the bourgeoisie demanded a rational society. In their hands, revolution is transformed into a force for a positive future, as instantiated in the modern rational state. Alul argues that the French Revolution marked not so much a transformation in France, although it was that, rather it brought a change to the entire West. It was decisively influential in Karl Marx, who made it a paradigm through which he wanted us to understand all of human history. 1789 marked the division between the old kind of revolution and the new kind of revolution which took shape in the mind of Marx. But his thinking is not something which occurred in a vacuum. Marx was giving expression to currents within the culture brought about by the rise of the bourgeoisie. Let's look at these changes. To begin this discussion, Ellul draws on the thinking of Louis-Anton-Léon de Saint-Just, a key player in the French Revolution, an organizer and thinker. Saint-Just says this, Passion is the soul of liberty. In time it withers and fades forever, for we are virtuous only once. When a liberated people has established sound laws, its revolution is achieved. L'Esprit de la Révolution, 1791. Saint-Just argued that if liberty prevails, it must become corrupted. The passion for liberty would remove all restraint, and in so doing, it would destroy liberty. This is vital to understand, argues Alul. This move from an outburst of liberty to its institutionalization must necessarily result in the undermining of liberty itself. This, he asserts, is why Hannah Arendt's understanding of revolution is flawed, because she confuses liberty with the institutions which are supposedly set up to safeguard liberty, at the heart of which are organizing documents like the Constitution. Ellul argues that once instituted, these structures and frameworks essentially kill off the liberty won through the revolt, but in so doing, prevents the revolt from consuming and destroying society. As we noted in Part 1, this betrayal of the revolution is essential for the success of the revolution. It is one of the fundamental contradictions in the concept of the revolution. Up to the time of the French Revolution, it must be seen that revolutions were primarily conservative, reactionary, a revolt against history. In the process of the French Revolution, the myth began to emerge that a new world could be attained without new men. All that would be required was new institutions. All that would be needed to change the life of the nation would be a new plan to be instantiated in a new state. It would be enough simply to declare that there was a new republic with a new constitution. This fact alone would usher in a new era of liberty and well-being for the whole of society. We have to see that this was part of the conservatism of the French Revolution and the American Revolution as well. We must remember that Alul is a French author and his focus is often, first of all, close to home. The revolution was a desire to return to nature, to first principles, to go back to the beginning 
and refound society on a basis that was uncorrupted by all the intervening history. Everything needed a fresh start. It would be a return to a new beginning, a more authentic foundation for society. At the same time, the aim was to take people back to the pure beginning of which we had lost sight. In this regard, traditionalists actually get in the way. In order to get back to the primal beginning, the true, pure, first order, those that cling to what is here today must be swept away. If they will not yield, it must be that these traditionalists lack true virtue. They must have ill intents. Therefore, in order to uphold the principle that the pure law reigns supreme, equitably and impartially giving justice to all, any who dared to cling to, tradi to, tradi to tradition would have to be eliminated. Those who prevented the return to the dawn of the pure society, who embodied tradition, had to be swept aside. Of the American Revolution in this regard, Alul says this, Chief among them was the American Revolution, the single goal of which was to correct the abuses of the colonial government. Paine only wanted to return to an era before men had been dispossessed of their rights and freedoms. So while the revolutions of this time were essentially conservative in their desire to return to a fresh first beginning, they reached to the tool of reason in order to give their vision shape. This attachment to reason was an expression of the reality that all the revolutions of this era were accomplished by the bourgeoisie. A case could be made that the bourgeoisie were the first revolutionary class in history. As a broad group, one of their strengths was their vast managerial talent. They had the capacity to design, create, and develop a vision of a future society based on first principles. It must be acknowledged that without the bourgeoisie, there would have been no movement beyond revolt in either America or France. These revolutions marked a change in the concept of revolution. Though they followed the normal pattern of a revolt against history, their aspirations were to advance society towards its absolute betterment. In the desire to reach back to first principles, they did so with the intent of creating history. Alul argues this emerges out of the inherent nature of the bourgeoisie themselves. As a group, they are both conservative and revolutionary. Liberty as an ideal was merely an alibi to advance bourgeoisie interest. As a class, a group with aligned interests within society, they were overwhelmingly rational, progressive, and pragmatic, there was a practical materialism in that they focused on dealing primarily with the material world without adornment or metaphysical entanglements. They set aside the old teleological understanding of the world for one of cause and effect. The main actors in the revolutionary spirit were men focused on the practical realities of the material world, not given to speculation or metaphysics. They sought power in order to reconcile political realities with economic realities. You have been listening to a free preview. To listen to the remainder of this episode and gain access to the full archive of Seeking the Hidden Thing audio and written materials, head over to the main page at seekingthehiddenthing.com and subscribe. Your support is greatly appreciated.